0: welcome back to another episode of friday night light my guest tonight is an army brat who set her foundation for an open adventurous and curious life at the brave age of 15 find out how she lives her life as a mom a poet a crossfitter and the lover of living relentlessly stay tuned Make sure my Wi-Fi. I always do this every time. I just double check and triple check. Okay, mine is on, but it's been slow today, so I don't know if it's you know being hacked or what. But hey, yeah. How hey. are you? <laughs> I'm good. How Pretty are you doing? Good. I'm so happy to have you on. Yeah. um Thanks. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for yeah. So I um the gist of all this is just getting to know people that you may or may not know very well, and. Um, We have only met, I think, twice, um, which is really odd and random since we live in the same town. (laughs) And we have tons of mutual friends. um, Yeah, so so weird. And I know your sister. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I know that's
1: and I work with your sister's best friend.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I know, and right? um, also our dads work together, and <laughs> we lived, we live so first of all, introduce yourself, uh, your name, what you do, who you are, that kind of jive. Okay. Um, my name is Jen
1: Desert, and let's see, I, I live in Leavenworth, Kansas, right around the corner from you, really. Um, I work for an IT company as Director of Capture and Proposals, which is very technical and very dry, um, but I love it. And the people I work with, I have several children and they are my other full-time job. Um, And then I just find time to do things that I enjoy, like writing and yoga and CrossFit and exploring Kansas City and other little cities and little travel when I can do it. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to get you on is that you're very dynamic. Um, And you, like I said, we have only met twice. I think that we, when my dad was in the military, you guys lived down um, at the end of the street when we lived in the big, big house on post. And
1: possibly, I just yeah. remember
0: my dad knew your dad and I remember him saying that you, there were a bunch of kids that lived there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's start there. So yeah. you're a military brat yeah. and you come from a big family. How many are in your family?
1: Yeah, there's, we have 10 kids oh in our gosh. family. So, and I'm the oldest one. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I it's
0: I did crazy. not realize you were the oldest. So what's that like? I am. It
1: is. Uh, sometimes it's really Mm -hmm. awesome because I can be like, Hey, you know, I've been there. I know come talk to me. If you need a shoulder, i chances are it's happened to me. Let's, Mm -hmm. let's go. Um, but other times it was really hard. I was the, you know, the first one to do everything and, um, being the oldest of 10 kids, it's one of the, like the oldest half of us were always busy helping to take care of the younger ones. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're always, um, I guess we just learned how to take care of ourselves and be a lot more independent much earlier in life, right? So I was out of my house when I was 15. I went to um, boarding school, came home for one more year, my senior year of high school. And then I've been out ever since. I mean, I've never, I come back to visit, but you know, they just live right down the street now, but um, I mean, I haven't lived under my parents' roof and since I was essentially 30, I mean, 15, wow. So.
0: so I didn't realize you went to yeah, boarding school. Yeah. Were you like punished or what? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: I was a smarty. That's <laughs> amazing. No, it was, um, yeah, we lived at West
1: point and my dad was a professor there. And, um, I had a, a friend of mine whose brother went to this boarding school and they offered a summer session. And for me, I was like, summer session out of my house away from all of my brothers and sisters. This would be mm-hmm. amazing. So we applied and we got in and, um, it was like, I was a five week session and it was in Connecticut. It was about three hours away from where, oh no, it was a little bit more than that. No, no, it was about a three hour drive from where we were in New York. So it wasn't too far, but, um, went for the summer and did, took two classes that, um, I had that I needed on my transcript and came back and my friend and I were like, Hey, let's try to go for the year. So I talked to my mom and dad about it. And my dad was like, let's go for it. You know, you can't make a decision until you have one to make. So apply and see what happens. And I did. And I got in and ended up going that fall. For that's years.
0: amazing. And, and see, so, I, I mean, I yeah. barely know you. I mean, we're we're very, I feel very yeah. connected to you, but I know nothing about you. So yeah. that's.
1: I know. Right? Yeah. I'm the same way.
0: I think it's a lot
1: with music and just kind of like the way that we see life and, and how we choose to live individually, regardless of you know, just kind of like relentlessly almost. I just, I just, I've felt, I've always felt that from you, but like you said, we've just never really been in the same circles or, or shared space Yeah, and I, that yeah. often. Right? Um,
0: and so the boarding school is just very interesting to me, especially coming from a big family mm-hmm. that, that is kind of like you were the, you know, setting the trail, if you will. So how do you think that affected yeah. like how your life is now? Would you say it was like very impactful? Um,
1: it was in that, um, you know, you just, you kind of learned, I learned very quickly on um, living on my own, how kind of your name kind of becomes your brand mm-hmm. in a way, right? Like you, I don't have my parents there to give me that daily guidance. Like, are you sure this is what you want to do? Are you sure you want to skip class? Are you sure you don't want to go to soccer practice today? Cause it could lead to these mm-hmm. things. Right. And you don't have them there, like keeping you in those, um, between the guardrails really, but we did have dorm advisors who kind of functioned like that a little bit. Um, But really you just kind of had to be um, very dedicated, very focused and um, really had to know what it was that you wanted to achieve and then you just continue to do Mm -hmm. it. Uh, So it was was hard for me and that I really missed my family. I did, as much as I wanted to be away from them, I missed my Mm -hmm. siblings. I always felt like when I came home, I had missed out on so much. but at the same time, I wasn't willing to give up the, the individuality and the freedom and the, you know, the friends that I had made and the, the life that I had started to carve out for myself. Um, and my I had um, when I was there, I my junior year, I'd been I'd applied and got accepted to a semester abroad to live in France. I was going to come back and be an RA in my dorm. I was going to be uh, the lac- lacrosse team captain. I had all these things happening my senior year and I went home the summer after my junior year and my parents informed me that I would not be going back. And it was devastating. It was devastating. Yeah. So, and it was, it was, my mom just didn't like the changes that she was seeing in me, you know, rebellious 17 year old teenager Mm -hmm. and just felt like they needed me at home. So that's yeah. And so that's one of those things where I always wonder if I had gone back, where would my life be? Yeah. Like that was one of those, like, those crossroads, those turning points. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So, yeah. I also see, though, in you the little bit that I know um, that that obviously did set a foundation for you because you're very athletic. You're very dedicated to almost everything you put your mind to, at least from what I can see. Um, so what sports did you play? Did you play sports then when you were a kid? <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. I did. My, my parents, that was one thing when we were growing up. It was we always had to be. Um, two things. We had to be active in our community, some kind of um, volunteer work or some kind of connection to our community in some way. Like we just, we always had to be practicing some kind of kindness. And then um, the other was to be physically active. Didn't matter if we were good at it. Didn't matter um, what it was as long as we were active somehow. So, I mean, gosh, I think as early as like first grade, I was playing t-ball and then, I played, I played so many different sports. I quickly learned, I was not very good at basketball. Um, (laughs) I was just too short. (laughs) Um, uh, But I did play like throughout um, like middle school and high school Um, volleyball. I was on a swim team. I played, I never played tennis, Um, soccer, lacrosse, field hockey. I was uh, on the crew team. Um, So I did quite a few things. And then, kind of I've always just as an adult I've always been involved with like personal training or some kind of fitness um and right now I just do CrossFit
0: so yeah yeah. which you do CrossFit amazing I don't amazingly I should say it's an adverb, but um I don't want (laughs) to mess it up with the writer lady here um (laughs) oh no no, don't! but um so yeah so CrossFit has become like I mean it was this big thing you know everybody was doing it but some people, they, they kind of lose track of it. I feel like it was a fad for them, but I I do have a handful of friends that are very still dedicated to it. And I mean, I don't Mm -hmm. even understand it. Like the things that you guys put on the board and the WOD, I'm like, this looks like algebra to me. So I don't want anything to do with it. But, um, when did you start getting into that? So I My brother invited me
1: to come to a class in, um, gosh, I think it was like the summer of 2016. So about about four years ago. And um, I remember just feeling like, ooh, I don't know. And he said, oh, you have just got to come try it. Just try it once or twice and see what you think. Don't worry about whether you know the movements or the names of things. Just pay attention to how Mm -hmm. you feel. And um, I came the first class and I walked out of there and I was so smoked and I was like, I love this feeling. Like, I feel like I just kicked somebody's mm-hmm. butt in a back alley mm-hmm. and I want to do this again. And so um, it, took, it took a little while. And, and I think when I first started, it was really, um, it's, it's really hard to not compare yourself to other people because, right, that's what we're taught in our culture, mm-hmm. right? Is that there's just got to be this element of, compet- of competition and you have to beat the person next to you. And the CrossFit community is just not like that. It's just, it's just, so like this gym, you'd go to a class and there'd be 25 people in class and the last person would be, would still be working. And we'd all be in a circle around that person, cheering that person on, come on, make it through. You got it. Don't give up, keep moving. And I've never been a part of a community like that ever. And that's what usually keeps the people coming Mm -hmm. back is when you feel that, and it's not even an accountability. It's like, you just want to be around this energy that makes you feel strong, makes you feel positive. Like you can conquer anything. You overcome so many things in your mind too, in the middle of a, in the middle of a workout or a class or when you're learning a specific thing about a lift, you just don't, you don't, we, we underestimate our capabilities physically and mentally so often. Like I never, ever thought that I would be able to do half of the things that I did Mm -hmm. there. Um, um, it was just very powerful. And that's obviously the
0: whole point of it. Um, you know, to keep going and, you know, I think much like yoga, what you do too, it really does start in your mind, um, with anything that we do. So I can understand too, having that community around you, just, you know, it's this whole, um, lifting each other up vibe, which is freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and I've never experienced it with any of the sports that I played, even like I, I, um, ran marathons for a period of time and half marathons with a group of friends. And I mean, we would always meet for our training runs and things like that, but it was just never, it's never not, there's nothing like it. I can't, I wish I could explain it in words, but it truly is just a feeling that you have. Um, it's pretty powerful. I mean, I just, so I just went to go visit a friend of mine in Tampa for a couple of days. And while I was there, I found a CrossFit gym and I went, and it was the same thing there. Like you walk in, everyone just came up to you like, Hey, you're new. What's your name? I've never seen you before. Where are you from? Are you visiting? Well, hey, do you understand what's happening here? Like, let me show you around. And they just instantly welcome you in. Yeah. And I mean, and then and- I mean, I left there and I had like three new Instagram friends and we follow, like we, we communicate with each other now. It's just really yeah, wild. And I think so, that's
0: super powerful, yeah. Um, you know, especially now with everything going on, that sense yes. of unity where you, wherever you can find it, whether it's in CrossFit or at yoga or at the library, for God's sake, when you even can't talk, you know, you're at least making that connection yes. with somebody. So I totally admire Absolutely. people that can do CrossFit because... Um, I mean, I've never been athletic at all. I mean, I've tried things, but when I see, especially women, um, and that sounds very narrow-minded, but I think that when I see women kicking ass next to a man who was almost even twice her size, that to me is where the respect for me, I'm just like, these people kick so much ass, but equally, you know, like you're saying, like, nobody's better than the other. You guys are there just... Proving your your worth basically which i think is freaking yeah. awesome your only
1: measurement is yourself yeah. yeah your only measurement is yourself so if you ever want to i got a gym in my garage that's where i work out now so you're more oh. than welcome i have a handful of people who come over I yeah that's what
0: i saw we, we just set up our Yeah, lodge. that's awesome yeah. yeah that is so cool yeah. um you're not far I from my am. house like i could even walk there yeah it's <laughs> like oh yeah you could. that could be yeah. your way. <laughs> um well i'll have to think about it for sure um i i, I do yeah. find it very um Just remarkable people that especially stick with it too, because you know, for a lot of people, I think you know, things that are uh in a fad or in the news or whatever, they try it once and then like then they're burned out. So that's dedication to you and props to you for keeping up with that. And you look amazing too, so let's talk about that. Um, well, I do want
1: to, yeah, I mean,
0: I want to get to that because. that's, That's here on my notes here. So when I first met you, um, I, I vaguely recall, we went to Crancers here in town and had some drinks and nobody else was in there. Um, me, you, and a mutual friend that we had. And I remember you had glasses on, you had really short curly hair and you mm-hmm. had one tattoo, I think on your arm at the time and just yeah. the transformation from then to now, um, I (laughs) I think, I mean, and it's wild because I think that with the physical change, there's also been the spiritual change. I've just seen that in you. And I don't, like I said, I don't really know you that well, but I can see it just in your face and the way you present yourself. Um, So let's talk about that. So first tattoo was the owl or no? Um, It's actually a, um, it's Ganesha. Yeah.
1: yeah, Hindu deity for um, overcoming fear. He's like uh, almost like our equivalent in the Catholic Church of St. Okay. Jude, right? Like overcome your fears and find your the things you've lost. And um, so, yes, that was my first one. That
0: was my first one. Very cool. And so how yeah. many you have total mm. now? I lost count. Really?
1: <laughs> I think there's, uh, yeah, I think the last time I counted, it was like 46
0: or 47. What?
1: So they're all over. I have them. Yeah, they're all over. My, I'm on my, my back and my legs now and my belly and that's oh, yeah.
0: insane. Like, and that's the thing too. It's so I know. cool. I, I, do love it. I do too. I do too because um, you know, that's something that I admire about people that are tattooed completely. Um, it was way back, you know, even five years ago, it was still kind of this um you know, it was a stigma. Um, Even five years ago, which seems Mm -hmm. really sad, but people were judged by that. And now I just I have so much respect for it, too. I just think it's so interesting when somebody's like, hey, I want this right here. Like, you know.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure.
0: Well, it's kind of like, um, I don't know, I just kind of reached a point where I've just
1: always thought that they were very beautiful if they're done right, and you find the right person and um, they're very expressive and very unique, and um and i just i wanted yeah. them um and and then it just kind of became this thing where i was like oh i just feel like um i don't know they're just a kind of an expression i can tell you each one has a story or each one has a connection to something um and i just it, it uh, i don't know i just think, i just think they're gorgeous i love seeing them on people and it's a a very um i think it's in a way when i look at other people sometimes i'm like wow that's so daring mm-hmm. because there are people who, you know, they don't accept it. They don't understand it. Um, you know, that the, there's a, there is kind of like a stigma or maybe like a stereotype that's attached to having them. Um, and it's funny because uh, like, for instance, I was just at a work event on Friday evening and I had long sleeves on and jeans and one of my coworkers knows I have tattoos and another one didn't. And he was shocked to find out that I did. Cause he's like, you do not look like the type of person. And I'm like, exactly. There there really shouldn't be a type for things Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. Like, we just do what we want to do. Um, yeah. I think that started for me probably just shortly after you and I met that first time I just moved into a place in my life where, um, Things just had to change. I just couldn't continue doing things the way that yes. I was. And that's what sparked it and all. And I do yeah.
0: know that we have um, similar backgrounds in that kind of transformation. I don't know your whole story yes. and we don't have to get into it, but I do, admi- I mm-hmm. admire the tattoos so much because I do feel that um, it tells a story and every single one that you have, I just think is so badass. Um, and oh, the gosh. tattoo artist that you go to, is he a local guy? You go to the same person every time? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I do. He's out in um North Kansas City area. And so um and he's he I met him through my brothers. He's tattooed two of my brothers. Went to school actually, um college with two of them on a soccer. Oh, team. very cool. And so that's how I that's how I came to know him. But um yeah, he's pretty awesome. Very, very yes. gifted. Very gifted. And just like one of the coolest souls. You know, you just you know how you like meet people and you're like, "Mm -hmm, I've known you before. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's just, he's just a a very, just a really compassionate person and, but has such a great way of engaging with the world around him. Very fair, Mm -hmm. you know, and just trustworthy. So So
0: when all of those tattoo ideas started coming, you said you were kind of going through a transition. What was like a breaking point for you that kind of catapulted you into this new realm of where you are now? Um.
1: It was actually, so I made some very, very close friends in my CrossFit community. They were military and they moved. Um, And I remember, and then my brother moved, my brother, one of my brothers, I just have a very, very um, like soulful connection with. And we used to see each other every day. We'd work out together and he and his family made the decision to move to California and it was very quick. Um, So I had a mass exodus of all of these people that I just dearly loved. And, you know, I grew, we grew up that way. That's how the military is. Right. You just, you never really get too attached to places that you are, but I'd never been the one left. Right. Behind right. I'd always, I'd always been the one who was like going on the new adventure, the new journey, the new places, the new everything. And you don't really think about the people that are left behind um, who miss you. And so I kind of went into this, I don't know if it was really a depression, but it, I mean, it was grief. I was definitely going through some grieving. Um, and when you go to that place, right? That shadow side of you, it opens up so many other things that you have not confronted or have been left dormant for too long because you didn't have the, the place or the space to take care mm-hmm. of it. Um, and about three years prior to that, I had gone through a very awful divorce. Um, and in the, the year after that, settling into being single mom and working and all of these different pieces, I can remember having a similar experience where I recognized that something was dismantling, right? Like something was coming mm-hmm. apart, but I couldn't figure out what it was. And so I just, because I couldn't figure it out, I just kind of let it be there, but I never really dug into it because I was kind of afraid mm-hmm. of it. Um, and then fast forward to this um, this period of time where um, some, you know, all my close friends left and it was the same kind of feeling. And I was like, okay, I know what this is, but this time we're going to do this because I don't want to carry this around. So, um, it was just, it just kind of began there. And it was, I had made a very good friend who was one of the people that had moved and she and I were talking and she was getting ready. Um, She had been on a retreat. She thought it was a yoga retreat and it was actually a meditation (laughs) retreat for like eight days and she died. (laughs) She, she brought like her yoga mat and was like all ready to go to practice like eight times a day. And they're like, uh, (laughs) nope, we're going to just sit and meditate. Oh, wow. (laughs) So yeah. So she was telling me about it and she said she would go again, and um, she said the next time that the opportunity came up, she'd reach out to me. And lo and behold, about a year later, she called me and said, hey, um, they're hosting one in France, and I think you should go. And I was like, heck, no, I'm not going to France. I'm not going to do that for – I can't do that. I've got kids, and I've got a job, and I've got too many things. I just can't make it happen. And she was like, Okay. So then a couple of days later, it was still on my mind. And for whatever reason, I called her and said, okay, tell me a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So we talked about it. I got on the um, person who hosted it. It's called Shift Retreats, And I got on the website and I looked at it and I, you had to put in an application. So I just sat there and did, did it right there. And then a couple of days later, the host reached out to me and said, you've been accepted. You're welcome to, you know, to attend if you'd like. So all the pieces just fell in place because I was teaching um, writing classes at a local community college. And I went to my director and asked if I could take a sabbatical. And she was like, absolutely. I said, my job will still be for me, be here for me when I get back. and She said, it absolutely will. So I ended up taking a a cycle off so that I could go to this retreat and a couple of other things, um, planned a couple of other trips back to back. And so it was kind of a... um, I, I forced it a little bit, right? Like I, I dedicated this time to kind of unearth it so I could figure out what mm-hmm. it was. And a lot of it's rooted in childhood and, you know, how you, we all have those experiences that kind of have shaped the way that we handle our emotions or the way we handle our stressors and our insecurities and fears that lots of times we don't see them for what they are. Um, but then I, I developed a very strong friendship um, and this person just, every time we talk, it's like a mirror is being held up to my Mm -hmm. face and in a very tender, very compassionate, loving way. And I have been challenged to see myself for who I really was, right? Like what I was really Mm -hmm. doing. Um, And once you see that stuff in yourself, you can't ever miss it again. Right? Like sometimes it's tricky, you know, like fear can just be like a little bastard Mm -hmm. sometimes. Right. And, and, insecurities can be so sticky. You don't even know they're there. Right. But once you, you start to recognize the feeling that comes with them, then you're like, aha, I got you. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you can start. So really that time was just being able to, to see all of those things to, um, release some of the, uh, the, just the, the past hurts that I'd been carrying around. Cause, um, I learned a lot too about, you know, when you, your, sh- our shadow side, the things that we do to kind of protect ourselves, um, being able to kind of move through those or accept them for what they are, but don't let them run your life. Right. Cause then they keep you at just this very stagnant place. Mm-hmm. Um, and just learning how to, to kind of, um, like welcome them in, but not let them drive. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it was just, it was a very powerful, That and that was just in 2019. Yeah. I mean, that was like um, April, it was like the middle of March to the end of May. I mean, that that eight or nine week period for me of just tons of unearthing. And the best way that I, came. what I came away with was, um, I had one morning where I woke up in France and I was in my bed. Um, I, I was rooming with my friend who came with me and we had left the windows, the shutters of this our windows open that night. And there were a couple of birds that were sitting in a tree outside of the window. And I remember hearing them chirping. The sun was just coming up. I opened my eyes and I took this big deep breath in and I had this smile on my face. Like, wow, I can't believe I'm actually in France. And then the very next thought was all of this shit that I carry around. And I saw it Mm -hmm. and was like, Oh no, you are not putting that coat on Mm -hmm. today that is not happening today. And as soon as I, I'd never seen it before. I'd never noticed that my, like we choose to put that stuff Mm -hmm. on right. Every day we choose to carry all of that. And that was the first day of the rest of my life. Like that moment was, I recognize you. I feel you, you're too heavy. I'm not putting you on today. And yeah, there's been days since then where it's there and I want to put it on, but I don't. And other days I've allowed myself to try it on and I Mm -hmm. take it off. But, um, Once you recognize it, it makes this tremendous difference in how you engage with the world. But then it's like a rupture, almost everything falls apart. And then you have to look at all these pieces at your feet and decide what you're going to keep and what you're not. And then you just build from there. And that's what I've been doing just building from there. Yeah.
0: And I mean, I'm like covered in goosebumps, which is something that happens every time I do these podcasts. And that's why I do it because I'm I'm learning every time I do this. And I hear you talking. I even hear the way that you're talking just more calm and assured of yourself. Um, And it's just really brave. I mean, I think everyone wants to be able to look themselves in the mirror, like deeper than just what we look like, even though it's really painful and, um, especially when people aren't holding us accountable, we never want to hold ourselves accountable. Like, Oh no, that's not sure. me, you know? And so it does, it takes a lot. Um, I can't imagine eight weeks though. My God, or is it eight weeks or eight days, eight. Well, no, it was the, the, the time in France was oh, eight, eight, eight days, days,
1: but the period that I, yeah, but the period that I, so like I went, I had a trip to California and I went to Joshua tree and then I went to Marfa on a writing retreat and then I went to France and in the whole total time of travel, yeah stand over the course of about an eight week period. But, and it was just like, I I never dreamed it would be anything like Mm -hmm.
0: this.
1: I never, I never dreamed it. And I knew on the third day in France, I was like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. I got scared. I was like, I don't know what's going on here, but yeah, it's it's like some kind of, (laughs) yeah. But you know, it's interesting. It's interesting, Jim, because I, I connect with you so much. One of my motivations for doing all this stuff was with my Mm -hmm. kids. You know, you, the relationship you have with your children is so fun to watch. It's just amazing. And the energy and the magic that you create is fantastic. And, and I know it's not always like, you know, Disneyland and it's not always beautiful. And I'm sure there's fights and all the stuff that you have as a mother with, with children. But um, that was one of the things for me was like, I am not going, I love my parents and I know that they have done the best by us that Mm -hmm. they have. There are things that I do not want to raise my children the way I was raised. Right. And and not like as a slap or a disrespect. It's just it didn't work right. for me. Some things didn't work for me. And I, I don't want that for my mm-hmm. children. And so that was really kind of like the crux of it when I came out of it was I realized, like, I have a choice, mm. you know, and, and how I do things with my mm-hmm. kids. And that's what I want. They're my legacy. Right. They're like, I, I want them to remember me as a a specific way I want them to remember like hugs I want them to remember me being affectionate I want them to remember me laughing and and teaching them to turn to joy and find the kindness that they can they can give to someone like what's the next kind thing you can do absolutely right and sometimes sometimes the hard work we do is the right work we do and just I want that's what I
0: want for them well and it's it's such a um a a moment right again because I was just getting ready to segue you know how has this affected your relationship with your kids or how has it taught you to be a better mom and so I'm I'm thrilled to hear you say that on both ends also you know on your perspective but also seeing you know I, I know that we've had similar backgrounds with that and it isn't always Disneyland but it is as good as I, as I show it, it's never fake. It's never anything yes. that it isn't. Yes. Um And I, I take great pride in that because it's been fucking hard. Um, oh, very. Yeah, it's it, it's so like, yeah, it can break you in a yeah. second.
1: Like, that's the thing is I always joke around with people who like have little kids are like, how do you do it? And I said, just wait, because right now you're going to bed physically exhausted from chasing your toddler and your elementary school kid. But when they get into middle school and high school, you're going to go to bed emotionally exhausted, mm-hmm. because you're trying as best you can to, to guide mm-hmm. them, right. right? Like, and, yeah, it's, it's definitely one of the greatest gifts, one of the greatest blessings that I never thought I would have. And I truly like to this day. sometimes I hear my mom say, Yeah. <laughs> It's exactly what I said. It right. <laughs>
0: well, and I just yeah. know that, you know, specifically with my situation where my little one lives with my ex um, that, you know, I've always said even before all the shit hit the fan that it's such a privilege to be a mom. It's such a privilege to be yes. a parent. And I get so frustrated with people that don't see it that way. It's not my place to judge, but it's just different for me. And it's not better, as my dad says, yeah. but it's just different. And. My outlook on how I parent is, you know, it's, it's built a lot on how we are separated. um, And that, you Mm -hmm. know, every moment is a gift to us. And so we just have to live it the best we know, Mm -hmm. the best way we know how. Um, But yeah, the the different the different ages, like Kaylin is now 16, Kenna is 11, so... And it's 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 getting a little bit wonky when they get back together, because they both have very different personalities. They're very funny, both of them, thank God. Um, and smart, but they're very different in um, just, like, how they are. And so, that yeah. can be a challenge, but overall, it's just a great blessing to be a mom, so... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, So, getting back to just... Um, everything that you're involved with. So I saw on your Facebook that I didn't know that you went to KU. Is that true?
1: I'm like, goodbye. No, I'm just
0: kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I,
1: well, I didn't, I'm not like a a full four year person. I started out college and in um, at George Mason University in Virginia, just outside Mm of DC. Yeah. And I, I came home for the summer, my last summer before my senior year um just to kind of see my family knowing that eventually I was going to graduate and go off into the big bad world and just wanted to come home for the summer so I did and um my brother was going to register for classes at KU and said hey just come along for the ride let's hang out we can catch up and you know get some lunch or whatever so I did and as soon as I walked on that campus I was like yeah I think I'm gonna stay here Mm -hmm. so I signed I like went and transferred right then and there just moved all my stuff over um it was it was just crazy. I filled out all the applications that I needed to fill out to transfer, transferred all my credits, did all of that, started in the fall. And so... so and I just had one year. You,
0: one year left. In the where 90s. did your um, love for writing come from? Did it start then, or have you just always done oh, it? No. It's always... So I knew when I was a teenager, I used to just kind of
1: dabble with poetry or, like, short um, narratives and things. I never really was a journal writer or, like, kept a diary or anything like that, but... um, I would write like in my notebooks at school and things like that. Um, But I never really got serious about it until I actually was at boarding school. And I had one of my teachers tell me um, she was the first teacher that I ever had who cussed in class. (laughs) And yeah, and we read um, one of the short stories that we had to read was about a young girl losing her virginity at boarding school. And I remember like, you know, you're a teenager and you're like, oh, my gosh, she's not even slightly embarrassed. Like this is I'm not going to talk about this at Mm -hmm. first. And, but she had this way of getting us to open up and talk about, it wasn't even that we were talking about sex. It was talking about vulnerability and connection with people. And this, you know, the scene happened to be losing your virginity, but let's go past that and let's get into these other things. And she got me to see how whatever is written on the page is not actually what you're reading about. Mm -hmm. Like there's, you're bringing so much to it and how much you engage and how Um, the way that we work with written word on paper or what we're seeing in a book or on a screen that we're, it's actually a relationship that we have with that story. And we bring ours and it's like a whole different, so like you and I can read the same thing, but we're each going to have a different um, outcome from that, right? Because of the energy that we bring in our past. Um, And so she's the one who got me really excited about language right? And words and and how to um, experiment with them and play with them. And some of the assignments she gave us were really unique. And it just, it kind of piqued my interest. Um, when I got into college, I had a notebook that I started keeping of, of poems. And I, I can remember now, like very distinctly listening to Pearl Jam's 10 Hell yeah! <laughs> and like, yeah, right. And just moving, I could feel myself like separate from my body and feel myself just writing. And now as a person who writes every day. Um, I know that that was my flow state. Like I had moved into this place where like I could actually access feelings and connect them with words and put them down. And I I didn't know what it was. I thought like something was wrong with me and it kind of freaked me out a little bit, but I just went with it, but it, it had happened several times since then. And then um, two years ago, well, up until that point, I would just like, I had a book that I would just write on scraps of paper and like tuck them in or, you know, just random things, but no, no um, regular practice. And I went, I took a a writing workshop online with um, a a poet named Victoria Erickson. You, you might've heard of her. You've probably seen like a ton of her stuff out. She's all over Facebook and Instagram and um, she's just a really uh, like visceral. Her stuff is really like um, soulful. Mm -hmm. And so I read it and um, a a yogi friend of mine went on a writing retreat with her in person in Italy and she had posted about it. So I asked my friend about it. She's like, oh, you absolutely just she does stuff online, you know, check it out. So I went to go look, signed up for one online, was scared as hell because you had to write in the moment and then read it and share it with the group. Um, And I was hooked. I've never stopped that, that was the first day I started writing regularly every day. I have not missed a day.
0: (laughs) Well, and I I think too, I'm again, I'm covered in goosebumps in the whole process of, you know, coming from last April to this point now, like it really is just everything coming out of you. That's meant to be, you know, and before Mm -hmm. you were probably always second guessing yourself. And now you're just like, I don't have any fear. I don't give a shit. This is who I am. This is what I love to do. And that's just amazing because it's so, so good. And it's so true that it's art, you know, everybody has their own perception and their perspective of it when they read right. it, but then it's also what brings us all together. Cause we're like, yeah, that's totally how it is. <laughs> yeah. And you, and you don't, and you don't realize, right. Like you
1: just don't, um, When you come into that space and you know that you are living in your truth and your authenticity, and this is like your voice, this is everything that feels so not familiar in any way, but you just know it in your belly of bellies, Mm -hmm. right? That when you know what it feels like, and then you step out of it, you do what you can to get yourself Mm -hmm. back, right? So like, it's almost like once you taste it, you can't untaste it right it's like once you see something that you can't unsee know something you can't unknow it's like that kind of a feeling and you just it's it's like your Yeah, i mean it's the only way i can describe it really
0: wow well, um, and
1: and there's no like there's no like secret sauce either right i mean everybody comes to it in their own time in their own way um they have their own functions you know that push them mm-hmm. you know forcing functions that push them to those places mm-hmm. uh and I don't know. But once you're there, it's like, I don't want to say life is easy, but it's more, well, it, I, I feel it, like
0: it's more free flowing. It's there's less, there's yes. less hindrances and it doesn't feel like there's always a yes. door shut. You know, there's always yes. a door. keeps exactly. Opening. opening. So, um, yes, it's yeah. slow. Definitely it's flow. flow. I mean, it just really is. It's like, let it be mm-hmm. easy. Let it be mm-hmm. easy. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. um, you said that you were teaching um, at the community college. I, I did see that at some point. Yeah. yeah. So are you still doing yeah. that? <laughs> no. no, I actually
1: left there. Um, Gosh, probably about a year ago. And I went back to the work that I'm doing mm-hmm. now. Um, The company, they were expanding and they invited me to come back and take my old job and I just couldn't resist it because I can work from home and it was a full-time position with benefits and all, I mean, everything, just all the stuff that you want for your, um, it just made it better, um, easier for me to actually be more present for Mm -hmm. my kids, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's harder because it's not, it's more technical, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's still perfect. It's still, well, and
0: I I find that so admirable too, that, you know, you're both right brain and left brain in that, and in the same capacity, some people are just way more on the one side. Like, yeah, I couldn't do any of that that you're doing, let alone simultaneously. So that's just, I respect that so much. Um, Well, and I think
1: sometimes too, like, it's interesting that you bring that up because I recognize that um, the technical piece that, like the analytical side of me drains me so mm-hmm. much because it doesn't reciprocate or, or replenish anything yeah. where the creative side and the, the right side of my brain is so stimulated by reading and writing and traveling and smelling. I mean, that's the Taurus in me. I'm just like a sensory, mm-hmm. just give me everything. Just like, let me just soak mm-hmm. in it all. And when I can have that, and i that's something I've recognized also in the last two years is that I need that right? So I need to get out of this town. I need to go to the mountains. I need to go to the beach. I need to go explore a city that I've never been to. I just, I need those experiences so that i can be more present in my life absolutely
0: i so Um, agree with that and i think you know everybody definitely since COVID and everything i mean i'm starting to i'm so jones and my girlfriend wants me to come visit in um first week in october for in rhode island for Mm -hmm. their anniversary i'm like god i so want to go i just want to get the hell out of here but even the little trips Mm -hmm. to denver or to chicago or even a city in kansas Mm -hmm. i've never been to i'm definitely missing that too so yeah um Absolutely. So one, speaking of that too, like you grew up a military kid. What's like the f- most favorite place you've ever been to or one that you would go back to mm. over and over? When I, as a kid, where I lived as a military Well, either, kid,
1: any place. Yeah. So my favorite duty station was West Point, okay. New York, hands mm-hmm. down. I mean my dad was there as a professor and living on that campus and. Um, I went to eighth grade, um, my sophomore, I'm sorry, my freshman and sophomore year of high school there. And all of my eighth grade class, there were 30 of us. We all still keep in touch and have a reunion every five years. That's that's awesome. And it's the coolest thing. Yeah, it's cool. So I would go back and actually relive those years. I love those years. Um, but probably my favorite city that I've been to as an adult, like that I would go back Mm -hmm. to many, many times, um, kind of a tie because i really enjoyed nashville and i love san antonio i mean both of those places yes um i mean they're just they're just so much but you know what i i love kansas city too i can't get over it i can't get enough it's of it's so place. true i love going yeah. down there i don't yeah. even know it that well so like but some, i know
0: that i love this city so so much yes
1: every time i go down there i find something new or someone will tell me and i'm like what
0: the heck i've been down there in that area i never saw this before what yeah is this? it's It's a Um, little hidden gem. I love it. I don't want too many people to know know because I don't want it to be ruined. (laughs) I'm the same. I'm I'm like, don't come visit. Yeah, exactly. Stay home. Stay home. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Well, and that's awesome that, um, you know, I think being military kids too, we, we grow up very privileged in that regard that we can see the world, but I think too, it just gives us this broader perspective of. Um, just appreciation wherever we go, that we're going to make a home. We're going to make friends. We're going to make it cozy because we have to. And that's just the way we grew up. Um, And it's so wild that we're both so in this teeny tiny little town, you know, like people like you live in love. I never saw myself. Yeah. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely don't. I never did. In fact, I I don't even know that
1: I will stay here. I don't know right now. I know I'm here until my youngest graduates high school. At least same, same. I mean, I'm just kind of, a jones so when i'm looking for a new place i like paint a room or buy a new couch or right
0: something, then, right like, we'll just kind of satisfy yeah, that that, urge. that need for change well you know? and you know that was yeah. my thing too that i would just go to a different city for a concert that kind of fed my my yes. need for new people and um just to change oh and music. yeah yeah Ugh. so let's talk about that quickly so do you Gosh. play any instruments are you talented no? i do not
1: Mm -mm. i do not i played a i played a year of piano when i was a kid when i I think i was in sixth or seventh grade but i never now i have tons my siblings i have a brother who's in a band plays like every instrument you can imagine um i have oh my gosh i have an well my all my brothers can sing they all have amazing voices um two of them play instruments i have a brother who plays guitar another one um my youngest sister is classically trained opera singer oh, wow. um so I mean oh yeah so like there's all we all have there's the musical gene in our family my aunt was a um my dad's sister was um an opera singer oh, very cool and so there's yeah so there's the I didn't get that gene. <laughs> I didn't get the singing <laughs> yeah. gene but I I don't right. really care because I think right anyway. <laughs> nobody needs
0: to know that mind your yeah. business yeah yeah that's right exactly Um, so what's like your favorite band these days what are you listening to oh my goodness I right
1: now I'm kind of I'm really hooked on Rustin Kelly's album. his new one is so good the Avett Brothers new one that's out um Nathaniel Rateliff is just probably one of my all-time favorite Uh, he's my number one top concert that I've ever been to he's so fantastic and um the other one that I've just recently um well, I've known about him for a while, but I've only started going back to listening to him again is Jeffrey Martin. If you've not heard him, he's got this really deep, gravelly voice, but he does mostly acoustic and he's just a poet. I mean, when he writes, well, he was an English teacher. Oh, I'm and, like, um, what was you really have cool was, deep,
0: deep yeah. voice. I'm
1: like, sign me up. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And his stuff is amazing, but he, his story on his website's interesting because he was a high school English teacher and he used to come in and talk about how much he loved music and his dream was to become, you know, a, a to a songwriter and to travel and perform. But then he would turn around and encourage his kids all the time, like, hey, follow your dreams, shoot for the stars. You need to do all these things. And one day, one of his students said to him, what are you doing? Like, why aren't you following your dream? <laughs> you know, like, if, why are you here? You're telling us to do the same thing, but you're not doing it. That's awesome. And I so love that. And so he resigned his position and went out and started recording yeah Yeah. um and then the other there's I mean there's just so many I have a very eclectic taste but um Jeffrey Martin um
0: now you saw Rustin Kelly didn't you here
1: oh I did I saw him in oh my gosh
0: and that's such a little venue that's awesome yeah I saw him at a teeny, teeny tiny little venue in um Chicago I can't remember what the name of it is but super small like right up against the um stage didn't you you
1: have goosebumps the whole night yeah
0: I mean he's just I had oh my god
1: and I love how I don't know if he did it at your show I'm assuming he did but the story he would give you the story behind every song that's the best like oh my Mm -hmm. gosh and then I remember it was so funny because I knew nothing about him other than I just loved his music Mm -hmm. and there was just something so raw and like gut-wrenching about it all and I wanted to see him So we get there and his sister came out, you know, started singing with him. And I didn't know it was his sister. And I'm like, huh, I wonder if they're together off the road. Cause I also didn't know he was married to Casey. Right. So I'm sitting there and I'm watching them perform and I'm like, no, they're probably just friends. And then like, I find out that his whole family is his his dad (laughs) on the keyboard. So awesome. And, and, and then just like learning his story, because at that point I just didn't know anything about him. Yeah. But then he told his whole, basically, life story from that, um, recording that album. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just fantastic. And I love people who can be like that, who could just put it out there and say, look, you know, it may not be for you. It's not going to be for uh, everybody. But if it yeah. touches somebody, it's same, awesome. same, same. Yeah. That's
0: why I love David Nail, too. He's very raw like that, too. And yes. he doesn't, he's not yes. there to impress anybody. He's just there to play music. Yeah. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. Rustin Kelly's first album. I mean, I still cry. Like, when he released the whole album, yeah. I was sobbing because you know his background. You know yeah. how far he's come. And then they mm-hmm. they recently I guess got separated or divorced which is really sad to me because I thought they were perfect but mm-hmm. I think too that it's just part of the dream for both of them that you know she got the the Grammy and he's on his way and I just don't I don't yeah. think he ever saw himself this way and so I'm just really proud of people like that too you yeah. know
1: yeah well when you I mean his new album talks all about you know this just this like look I've been in some dark spaces but I've learned enough. I'm I'm not going back Mm -hmm. there. You know, like, I mean, I just, I love just the the story that he's telling and all of it. And I mean, and I, you know, you just look at their human beings. They don't ever get to see each other. They're both traveling. I it's know. Traveling. Like,
0: when do they get to see I each other? know. Like, right? my love language so. is we got to be together, like, together, together. I know. Yeah. So I don't yes. know how that would work. I need you in exactly. my face. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the other things that I super admire about you is that you know your whiskey, right? You're a whiskey girl. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, sort of. <laughs> but I always just yes. look up to women that can, first of all, drink any of that. Because somebody said that to me, recently they're like oh I see you as a whiskey drinker I'm like what no never I, I drink like light beer and sours like a little pansy but oh, yeah yeah um I find that to be like throughout your poetry too kind of that just yeah. that you know cool cool breeze sexy I can do what I want vibe but still very feminine and I think it's I oh. think it's really cool when women can be obviously very masculine in my mind like Drinking whiskey, but also very sexy and right. and feminine too. Would you say that's a well? You know, we yeah. I mean, but the funny thing is, I think we all have both. Sides oh, absolutely! Both, right, it's just being able
1: to tap into them, right, and know what what um, you know. What's yeah? Yours. And I know,
0: like I so, which um, I do find one with of the men, things. I I admire yeah. a guy. I'm I'm kind of attracted to a man who can be very vulnerable and um, yes. know his feminine side so much that he's not going to, you know, apologize for it yep. or, um, mm-hmm. excuses for it. So, yeah, I believe we both have it in both of us right. for sure. And, and who's willing to let walls
1: down. Yep. Um, but then, but not, then not use the, the feminine side as an excuse. Exactly. For right. Like or a weakness, but also, right. Exactly. Like just kind of owning like, yeah. Okay. So, you know, I mean, it's just too, I, and I, and I, when I've met the handful of men that I know who can do that, mm-hmm. it is, it's very like, I feel like they're old souls. They're just people that I connect with and, and I can actually have honest, real conversations and I can be who yep. I am. Yes. Right. I mean, you can sense it, you can feel it. And I, and the same thing with women though, I think, um, you know, women who can, who can take on those masculine qualities, right. Those Yang, the Yang side of things, the, the heat, the burning energy kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, and, and but not let it dominate right. right there's like this there's just this way of finding that that balance mm-hmm. um and it takes a while and sometimes we all like flare up or shut down it just it's totally normal but i mean i agree with you i know i know exactly what you're talking about with the The masculine and feminine side. Yeah,
0: well, I just think that society is just still so hooked on putting people in a box, and so when I say that about the whiskey, like for me, it's a it's an eye opening thing because I have several friends, girlfriends that you know can just drink it and know it and learn it. But for me, even growing up, it was like this masculine, you know, boys will be boys kind of deal. And sure. so mm-hmm. um, I just always see, when I see women partaking in that, I, I just, I don't know. For me, it's just kind of this respect thing, and that might sound naive, but I've just always admired it in people, yeah. for sure. Um, I think maybe there's a little bit
1: of, of adventure, because, you know, when you think about just the history of, like, bourbons and whiskeys, mm-hmm. and it's always been, like, in, in the drawing room after right. the when the ladies go off and the men hang out and smoke their cigars and drink their you know, their scotches and their bourbons and things. And, um, I mean, I don't know. I'm the first one, you know, who you may enjoy reading if you haven't read any of her stuff before is Anais Nin. Oh yeah. Have you ever read anything yes. by her? Oh yeah. So she was one who was like, that? I'm not leaving. I'm hanging out here for <laughs> me. A right. glass and let me light up with you, mm-hmm. you know? And like, why, why can't we? Right. Right. I think we're seeing a lot more of that. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I think, like I said, over the last five years, I mean, I just am kind of baffled by it. I've been here for seven years and the changes from then to now are just wide open. I mean, just from the little bit in my personal life of just how things are seen or how things are taken. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always a learning experience every day on that stuff. Um oh sure. Sure. So just all these good things about you, what would you say, how would you describe yourself, you think, in like three words, as far as all the things that you're good at and all the things you've learned about yourself, especially over the last year and a half or so, what would what would sum you up in three words since you're a writer? Hmm.
1: That's a really good question. Um, I
0: didn't mean to put you on the spot. I, I should have. Oh,
1: no, no, it's okay. But I definitely would say open. I mean, that is just one of the first things that comes to me is just open, um, adventurous, mm-hmm. and curious. Absolutely. I'm, I've always got questions, or like, you know, I used to we used to share stories. Like, uh, you've probably been in the same situations where someone's hurting or someone has a story, and my way of connecting with them used to be, well, let me share a story that's similar mm-hmm. so that we can feel like we have something in common and you can feel validated. And now I'm learning that that's not so much helpful as that was self-serving. And so now it's getting to a, okay, how can I be open, but be quiet? And how can I be curious in order to learn, right? And then how can I be adventurous so that we can move places and do things and you know maybe in the process help somebody. Mm-hmm. So there's just it's just really um I don't know, like you said, over the last couple of here too, I think just in this community in the last five years, there's just been so much change. True. I mean, in the world around us, there's a lot the a lot of doors are you know, walls are coming down, doors are opening. There's still some that are mm-hmm. up, you know, but just persistence. That's
0: it. Yeah, so I would say that that is a good um A good point and a perspective on that because I've seen that several times with, you know, a lot of my friends um, who have also been through domestic violence situations, some of the most horrific, Mm -hmm. horrific situations and holding back on you know not trying to well this was my story and i don't think we we don't right. mean to do it um but it's definitely an eye opening moment right. when you can just listen and you don't have to share yeah. and it's something even with the the last couple jobs i've had it's like you know if you wanted to know my story you're going to ask me and i don't have to right um to to even mm-hmm. self serve or to you know, accompany me in this little circle to feel welcome. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's definitely a learning experience. Or to feel comfortable. Yeah.
1: Right. Like sometimes we share because we're uncomfortable. And if we can have a common experience, it's a place to move from. Right. Right. And so, but it's interesting because I know you know who Brene Brown is. Yeah. Yeah. And her her book on um, vulnerability where she was, she writes about something very similar to what you said about, you know, you don't get to just have my story. Right? Like you get to earn, earn this from me. Right. And so there's a place where like, I can hold space for you, but I also need to know that you can hold space for me because it's in those places where we can be the most honest and the most connected. Yes. Um, and I can't, and I can't just do that with anybody. Yes. Um, yeah. And I think, I think that's one of the things too, maybe if I had to sum up the last maybe five years for me would be, I've learned that I've been so reckless with my life and the chances that I've had right? Mm-hmm. To, to do things. And I'm not talking about like, necessarily with friendships or relationships or anything like that. But just the relationship I have with myself, I've been so reckless mm. with how I've taken um, myself for granted or not given myself the opportunity to see how worthy I am, or the capability that I have. Um, and I think when you recognize that, or when you see that happening, or you just, you finally go, oh my gosh, you know, I I really haven't been in love with myself like I should Mm -hmm. be, then you
0: just want to start right then and there. Absolutely. Right. And well, and yeah. I think too, yeah. going back from the beginning, you know, you, you use the word relentless. And so I see that reckless now, you know, transforming into the relentless and there's such a difference, you mm. know, there really is a difference. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. um, I just, I look up to you. I admire your strength and everything that you've been through. Huh. I admire just, you know, the different avenues. I'm always paying attention to when you're traveling and doing all that and, um, I'm just really glad that we could do this too, because like I said, I mean we don't get the chance to go sit and have a drink anymore. So <laughs> I know. Not, Not now, now anyway, but yeah, we will. Eventually. Um, <laughs> we definitely. Will. absolutely. so I wanna put out yeah. there too, if you're I don't know if your Instagram page is um is it public, the poetry page? Which Okay, so yeah, that is, is J dot L Y N N dot poetry, correct? Okay, yes. so I want That's everybody it. to check that out because your writing is just fucking fantastic. Um, do you have like the, you. The, the process in mind to maybe put it in a book one day or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm actually right now I have
1: two separate ones I'm kind of collecting. Oh, good. Yeah, and I, yeah, yeah, I have um, two writers that we get on uh, once or twice a week and we write in circle. And then the the three of us are um, we we select pieces from the circles and we we started compiling there. So that's a like a collaboration that we're doing. And then I have two of my own that I'm I'm looking, I'm collecting, I'm just kind of going through like as I write, I'm just deciding which pieces I want to put where. Yeah.
0: So well, yeah, and
1: it will be. I awesome. can't wait. And
0: can can we hear one of those before we get going here? Do you mind sharing one of those? No, or no, any or all. We'll just sit and listen to you read it.
1: <laughs> oh, there's a lot. There's a lot what
0: kind do you want let's see because i write like well let's, let's see. see let's um, do we need a spicy one and then just maybe one to. i don't know if you have one that's okay. kind of you know thought provoking spicy yeah. one
1: <laughs> a spicy one hi okay, i'm 12 um yeah no 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 let's see um okay here's one i just wrote this one. i actually this is one of my pieces that i've written recently okay Okay, let's see. You are a place that feels like home. My body is your heart, full and flooded, and my heart is your body, hot tears of wants and needs. But let me tell you when night becomes a cathedral where we meet on Elysian ground, loving you is an empty belly, and it is a wicked, wicked thing to honor my hunger and feed myself.
0: Yowza! Woo. I love it. It's so, <laughs> so you. good.
1: That's one of my favorites so far. Is that? Is that Um, up on your page
0: or not? Okay. It is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. And then let's see. Um, I'm trying to think. So I had one that I did. This one's called um, this quiet howling heart. So many ways to be quiet. How I sit on my couch. That is one way. Folding laundry. That's another way. I get lost in the creases and smoothing out fabric, yet still find myself wrinkled and staring at stacks of socks and shirts. There is how I put my phone on silent and lay on my living room floor watching the fan spin, pretending I'm floating on a river. Or on a good day, above the pines and among the stars. There is sunlight quiet and moonlight quiet and solstice quiet when I can hear. There is throwing plates at the wall quiet and morning light quiet. There is head on my pillow quiet and barefoot in the grass quiet, and then there is silence that crawls in, like galaxies bigger than me that spin in my blood, a centrifuge that howls and howls and howls until not, I cannot keep my quiet one moment more that is how the wonder of this heart works.
0: Wow, that was goosebump city. I'm like right there with you. Oh, thanks. Like in that that <laughs> yeah. is such a testament to just everything that you've ever gone through is like all wrapped up mm-hmm. in these and that's why I love it so much. It's so raw, it's so vulnerable. Like oh, you're you're an you. artist for sure and I'm just so I'm just so happy to be like in and amongst that you know like there's so many talented people in our world glad you're here there's just (laughs) there's so many talented people um everywhere we go and i'm just glad to be connected with you and keep doing your good shit lady it's awesome
1: well I return the thanks because I just think this is an amazing thing that you're doing. When I saw that you started doing this a couple weeks ago, I was like, man, I am not brave enough to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, How are you going to find something to talk about for an hour? right? right? Like, I just thought that was, it was just so amazing. And then just the 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 nature of the, the way that you do it. Right, I just don't stop doing it because I think it's a fantastic way to keep people connected and and interested and feeling vested during this time of everything that's going well, on. Yeah. Right, it's a, a great just a great way to keep, put something positive. Well, I appreciate
0: out. that, so and it really has and thanks. Yeah, for it's me. really been that for me too. It's just been like this positive energy to keep me going and being connected mm-hmm. when I can't, you know, physically be with people. So, and it's just always my pleasure yeah. to showcase people and who they are and how dynamic each and every person on this planet is so i'm glad that you're one of them and uh i look forward to seeing you sometime yeah we'll Absolutely. have a beer sometime or some oh, whiskey yeah. maybe it probably won't be a crossfit <laughs> okay. so don't ask me again <laughs> But no
1: don't worry about that that's okay yeah though. okay but
0: all right all right you we... take care lady i'll be Thanks in touch then. okay okay you too bye-bye already bye-bye Thanks for joining me on another episode of Friday Night Light. You can find us here every Thursday at midnight on anchor.fm or anywhere that you listen to your podcast. If you're interested in putting a face to a name, you can go to Instagram and hashtag Friday Night Light. That's F-R-I-D-A-Y-N-I-T-E-L-I-T-E and have a gander.